My name is Lauren Eliz Love, and welcome to this podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, and I can guarantee that you're craving success, abundance, prosperity, and all of the beautiful things that come with a thriving business. Here on the show, you are going to find all of the things that you really need to create that beautiful financial freedom that you crave. Inner work, personal transformation, and radical self-love are the tools that will excel you and propel you into that life that you desire. Here on the show, I will share stories and lessons from my life, along with interviews from great experts who've been able to do that work themselves. You'll hear lessons, breakthroughs, and tips to expand, to change, and to grow. Because growing a business is really about growing yourself. For more, you can visit laurenoflove.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. So listen up, you guys. If you ever get in the habit of interviewing people, if you have a podcast yourself or if you have a Facebook group, you'll notice that there are certain people that you talk to where you just feel like you go into a whole other dimension in the conversation. Today's episode of the Badass Business Podcast is one of those conversations. Like there were multiple times in this episode when we were recording this interview where I got goosebumps. I was like, in a whole nother space. I can't even describe it. This woman, Gwen, is absolutely amazing. And every piece of detail you need on her and how to access her in the show notes. So make sure you go check this out. Gwen is a jack of all trades, so to speak. She's a coach. She's a breathwork expert, something I actually didn't know much about before we had this podcast episode. So in today's episode, you're going to learn from her on so many important topics of entrepreneurship. We talk about her sobriety and how it led her to find her purpose. We have conversations about like how to cut cords with certain clients and how to hold space for them and not get overwhelmed when they're not achieving the goals or the intentions that they've set for themselves. We have deep discussion about spirituality and finding your purpose and living a life full of truth that lights you up. I know you're going to love this episode of the podcast. Later on in the show, I am going to show up on an episode and review my experience with her breathwork expertise. She talks a lot about what that means as a breathwork coach and how this process allowed her to have deeper clarity in her life and in her deep calling of helping people in the, the I don't know, the world, the universe, the everything. She's incredible. You're going to love her. So Stick around, enjoy this episode of the Badass Business Podcast, go check Gwen out, go congratulate her on such a beautiful journey, get to know her, say hi. I love you guys. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. Enjoy it. This is the Badass Business Podcast. You're listening to the Badass Business Podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to claim a wildly free life. Tune in to hear new episodes every Tuesday by yours truly, Lauren Eliz Love. This is the space where we can have open conversations about growing a successful business and creating a vibrant lifestyle. It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. This episode of the Badass Business Podcast is sponsored by the Badass Business Bay of Facebook group. Okay, I know I talk about this a lot, but the reality is solopreneur life isn't really a thing. You need community, you need tribe, you need support, sisterhood, guidance, all the things. I look back on my experience of scaling the Badass Business Bay brand 
And 90% of the big ticket months happened when I was surrounding myself with high vibe people and I was getting the support that I really needed. Solopreneurship is kind of bullshit. So I know you and I know you're craving your business, taking it to the next level and creating the freedom that you crave financially. Come join the Secret Badass Business Babe Facebook group. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes or you can go onto your Facebook and just search for Badass Business Babes. It's a private group. We got almost 5,000 people in there to date and it just keeps growing. So come check it out. Join us. Say hi. Introduce your business. It's a great way to network and market yourself and get more sisterhood and support. And best part about it is there's bonus trainings in there for me. So every week I go live on Facebook, giving you guys some new value, answering questions, offering free trainings. Come check it out. Click the link in the show notes or just search Badass Business Babes on Facebook. Oh my God. I'm really excited to learn all of the things related to this. And my mom, it's so funny. So I'm home for like a little trip to go see my parents this weekend. And I, I heard I, you on your Instagram say something about uh, Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got here and I'm like, mom, I have to go upstairs. I'm recording this episode of the podcast for, and like, my mom does not know like anything that I do. And I'm like, I'm recording this episode about breath work. This lady's a breath work coach. She's like, she's a what? A, a what? what? What does she do? And I'm like, we're going to find out today because I'm really excited. And she said, you don't know what it is and you're going to interview her. Shouldn't you have done some research? And I felt like that kid that like didn't do her homework. <laughs> but I, love I thought that. it was really I love that. to be surprised. You know? I I trust whatever is for the highest good of all concerned is going to happen. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it might be better not to. Cause then That's you have, what I was thinking. You know, I, do, I still do want to do the breath work with you. Yeah. Well, I kind of figured like for the purposes of this podcast, it would be so super cool for you to explain and share like everything about how you came into this process, what it is, how it works. And I knew that if I knew the answers to those questions before we recorded this episode, I would be kind of faking it. You know what I mean? Like I want this to be raw and open and real for everyone who listens so that, you know, I'm learning as the audience is learning. Do you know what I mean? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why don't we kick it off? Why don't you tell me like right out of the gate, like how, how did you get into this line of work? Like that's, really the first question that's on my brain. How did I get into this line of work? That is a very good question. I, into the coaching or into the breath work or both? Well, I think for me, like I'm super curious about your journey into the breath work because I don't even know what it is. Right. So are we, are we recording? Are we recording? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're recording. This episode has begun. My friend, I jump right in. Oh, I love it. Um, well, so I, um, you know, so I have been, I was, I was really, really sick when I was a kid. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I finally, I had like a near death experience. I, they finally figured out what was going on. I had this thing called Meniere's disease. I had these like crazy episodes of, um, you know, like, uh, vertigo and nausea and vomiting. And I had like oh. hearing loss and tinnitus and all this stuff. And, um, 
you know, I was like super intuitive when I was a little kid. I was very empathic, um, very sensitive and emotional, quiet, shy, introverted. And that experience definitely changed my life. I started doing a lot of meditation. I remember I was, you know, I started doing yoga when I was really young. Um, you know, I had, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life simultaneously. And I think, um, now looking back on it, my body just didn't know how to handle everything. Um, but then, you know, fast forward, I wanted to be normal. I didn't want to be this weird person with these like psychic abilities. And, um, you know, so I, I tried to play sports and like, um, you know, do well in school and I drank and my drinking kind of got really out of control. Um, even though I was super high functioning, you know, I played sports and I did well in school, but my drinking was just kind of like a way of checking out, not having to hear all that psychic stuff, not having, not having to have all that pressure inside of myself. Um, you know, so yeah. I, I was reading all these spiritual things and I was doing a lot of spiritual stuff, but I was really still struggling. So fast forward, I finally, you know, after college, after years of working in, in corporate, I, I finally um, got sober. And that was kind of when things started to really open up for me. And then fast forward, you know, 10 years later, I, you know, I had manifested and created a lot of stuff in my life that I, that I had wanted. And I was kind of like at that same big pinnacle again, as when I first got sober and really just started waking up to a whole new, whole new reality of myself and to the world. Um, mm. And I, I was, I was feeling kind of stagnant again. I was feeling kind of stuck. I had done, you know, I was a coach and I had a consulting business, you know, I'd been doing yoga and meditation and I had got my master's in spiritual psychology and, wow. you know, I'd done tons of workshops and read all the books and all and I was yeah. just, um, I was just feeling stagnant. And so I remember, you know, one of my spiritual teachers just saying, you know, like just pray and stay open and willing for whatever is for your highest good to come to you with grace and ease. And so, um, so I did that. And very quickly after I did that, I, one of my, you know, I had a client and, and he was sending emails about this thing that he was doing and he was posting on Facebook. And I finally was just like, you know what, I should check this out, like what he's doing. So, um, you know, I went to the class and I was blown away. And in this class, I, I felt so much energy. I felt like I had just, you know, I had done a lot of marathons and, and I trained for at triathlons and I felt like I had had like an eight hour training day, like that endorphin rush from training. Wow. But I had also felt like a lot of emotion and a lot of grief and a lot of like sadness and just so much poured out of me. And I, and it was only 20, like 25 minutes of breathing. And, um, then we had like a 10 minute meditation afterwards. And I, like, I walked out of that class. I couldn't even talk to the person that talked the, taught the class. I couldn't talk to anybody else. <laughs> I literally just walked out cause I was so wow. blown away. And, but then I went back like the next week I was just, I was like, wow, there is something really powerful. After I left that first night, I came home and I, signed up for like all the levels of training. I was just, I was completely blown away that just 20 minutes 
this type of breathing could make me feel that depth of profound, um, not only like clearing, but also awareness and revelation and healing and just so much. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to like learn more about some of the things that you've touched on because I think for a lot of our audience and listeners, what you shared about your journey into getting to the space that you're in now, mm-hmm. a lot of it is so relatable. Um, you know, first, like I'm thinking about just this piece where, you know, you were sick as a really young kid, right? And then I think just from what you've shared, and maybe you can touch on this, do you think that was connected to you not being able to step into the psychic gifts and abilities that you had? And then like with sobriety, being that piece of the puzzle to kind of open things up as well. Like, can you just talk a little bit about your experience of like coming to that realization that you had this gift and then not being able to express it or fully step into it and then, you know, masking it in all of these different ways? Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I think a lot, I think most, I think we have, I think all of us have, you know, the ability to be intuitive. Um mm-hmm you know, I think some people maybe are just like, maybe it's more open. (laughs) I think really open. Like I can remember being a little kid and like telling my mom things that I knew about people in the neighborhood and people that my dad worked with. And, you know, she would always say like, Oh, you know, just tell me, you know, don't tell other people, but you can tell me. Um, and I don't know if she totally knew what to do with it. And, you know, there wasn't much at that time. I don't think there were many books and and whatnot on it. I mean, Wayne Dyer was just kind of starting to come out. Deepak Chopra was starting to come out. Dan Millman was like another author. I remember, um, Mm. you know, in my teens, they, they took me actually to go see some of those people speaking. Um, and I, I remember reading, you know, I, reading the books, like Dan Millman's book was like one of the first books I read. And then we started reading like Wayne Dyer stuff and Deepak Chopra. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's like, I knew that that's who I was. And I knew that that's like, it's, it's actually so funny. Lauren, we were last week, I was with I was at my parent, my dad's house. um, And on my breathwork tour on the East Coast, and my dad had found and put all of our like home videos on a, a you know a, a zip drive and yeah oh my god we watched it and and you know they did these interviews with us I me what I wanted to be when I grew up and I said a psychologist and a psychiatrist <gasps> uh, wait you're in the because <laughs> I wanted grade. to listen to people and help people and that was before I was oh sick um, wow so I th- you know and I knew I knew when I was a little kid but. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to make sense of it. I didn't know what to do with it. And, and for a long time, it felt very invasive because I would look at people and I would kind of know things about them or I would hear things Mm. about them and it felt invasive and it felt overwhelming. Um, And I don't know if my body kind of just, you know, didn't know how to calibrate with that or didn't know how to energetically handle it. I mean, sometimes, you know, vertigo can be like a symptom of like um, a new spiritual energy, like coming into our body. That's like the spiritual understanding. Oh, really? Some people believe that. Um, 
you know, and then there's physiological reasons in Western medicine as to why that's happening. It usually has to do with something in the inner ear. Um, and then I think, you know, I think as, you know, a lot of my drinking, I think my drinking was so that I could feel normal. And I think it was also so that I could check out and not have to have all of that information coming in all the time. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. And well, how did like, like, how did you learn how, I'm curious, how did you learn how to cope with that once you started to um, go on the sobriety path? Because I know for me, like I stopped drinking about three months ago, right? And that was like, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to get along with my parents and not stress out and need a glass of wine when I'm, you know, visiting or when I'm in a social gathering, not, you know, realizing they don't need a glass of alcohol to keep me present with that community. So how for you, like, how did you learn how to adapt to all of that information coming through while also realizing like, Hey, I don't need alcohol to fit in. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I commend you and I commend anybody that takes, you know, mind altering substances out of their life because it's, it requires a lot of courage and it requires a lot of, um, I think like emotional, you have to change emotionally. You have to change mentally. Your, your mindset also has to change. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, when I first stopped drinking, I, it was interesting. I was dating and living with some partying a lot and also worked in the music industry. So like we were going to concerts and shows and had people over and there was always alcohol in the house and we, I was always around alcohol and, you know, I kind of laugh that, and most people who know me laugh too, that I'm like a really intense person. So it's like, of course, I, of course I would stop drinking and still have it everywhere in every, almost every corner of my life for, you know, for me to really have like an intense challenge. Um, but that's just kind of how I do things. And I, I knew that somewhat at the time. So I just, I use, I usually use challenge as an opportunity to rise. And, and I look at it as an opportunity to really, that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's offering me that opportunity to make a really big change inside myself. But, you know, so at first I was really, um, judgmental probably about myself about it. Like I had a lot of, um, insecurity about not drinking. So I just would tell people I was, you know, I was sick or I was taking an antibiotic and I couldn't drink. Um, and it really wasn't until probably maybe six to like 12 months after I stopped where I started telling people, you know, I'm, I'm not drinking because I have a drink. I, I have a problem when I drink, like I can't drink like everybody else. Number one, it does not make me feel good. And I, I take it somewhere else where most people don't take it to. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. You know, and I think that was humbling to learn about myself and to be honest with myself about that, that, and I think it was also really tough for me because I, I still had a really high functioning life. You know, it's like, I didn't lose everything. I had an apartment, you know, two blocks from the ocean. I had, you know, a convertible, a, a corporate career. I, 
you know, I made great money. I had a Yeah, you can't possibly be an alcoholic with that right. life. I was also running marathons, you know, it's like I was trying, I, and I realized, yeah. you know, I was doing a lot of that stuff probably also to fool myself and thinking that I didn't have a problem. Um, mm-hmm. So it made it, it made it a little bit harder to, to finally admit it. But once I finally did, I think there was so much freedom. There was so much space, you know, like just mentally and energetically and, and physically too. Cause I wasn't hung over. I wasn't exhausted. I wasn't, you know, dealing with the, the physical, um, space that drinking takes up, like thinking about it, you know, where is the glass mm-hmm. of when am I going to, you know, how is it going to happen? What am I going to drink? What's it going to be like? Who, where am I going to go? Um, so there was just a yeah. lot of space and freedom. And I think that started to feel really good to me. I also noticed that I wasn't spending as much money. So that felt really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I think over time, I just started to feel more comfortable in my own skin doing it. And um, yes, to your point, like, there is there there can be a lot of social anxiety that comes up knowing that you're not going to have that buffer you know at on a date or you know at a wedding or when you're in like a, a family situation that's that's stressful so yeah. it does it does take some courage to do that and to find other coping mechanisms i think what starts to happen is you become you're forced to become really present with yourself and present with what goes on in your head, you know, the things that your head tells you and then how the things in your head make you feel and then choices and behaviors and reactions and responses you have as a result of that. So it's like, you kind of have to learn like, Oh, wow, my head is telling me that I feel awkward because I don't have a buffer. You know, I feel awkward in this social situation, not drinking and just drinking water (laughs) or sparkling mm. water and everybody else is starting to become more relaxed and easygoing and, you know, and then how does that make me feel? It makes me feel pretty awkward, you know, and, and then what, well, what am I going to do about that? You know, am I going to breathe and just start to feel com- you know, breathe into my own skin and feel comfortable with who I am and own who I am and let who I am be okay and be enough. Um, mm you know, or am I going to continue judging it and judging myself? Yeah. How, how did you feel, Gwen? Because you, you had a coaching business when you decided to go sober, yes? At the time, you still had that as, as part of your puzzle, correct? Actually, I think I got sober first. I got sober. Wow. Yeah. So I got sober in 2004, and then I started – um, so I was still working full time, but I started a master's in spiritual psychology in 2005, a year after I had not been drinking. And then in 2006, uh, 2006 and 2007, I started coaching while wow. I still had my, my corporate career. So I was like coaching on the side. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah Cause I was, it's so fascinating. Like I, I feel that just for me in my own timeline, when I stepped away from, cause I was on antidepressants and anxiety medications and when those things were removed from my life that was when um my coaching business took over right that was when everything started to shift into like an awakened so to speak life and so um with alcohol and, and quitting that recently like I only found myself going deeper into that practice um 
so it's so cool to hear that like you went sober and then like divine download it's time to start this coaching business like that's so cool yeah I think it allows space you know and it sounds like that's what you experienced in your business too was that once you took Mm -hmm. away something that was taking up space whether it be physical financial um you know mental emotional spiritual then it like when you take that away then there's so much space for what is aligned to come forward and bubble up to the surface yeah now with all the work that you do how do you not take on other people's energies like how do you are are there exercises you do or routines you have because like I know for me one of the things I struggle with is like this feeling of oh my god I worked with so many people today like I just feel like my cords are all over the place and pulling me in all these different directions and I'm curious for you if that's something you've experienced and how you've learned how to handle that with all the deep work that you get to do every day I I, yes. I mean, I can, I can relate. I think when I was in that master's in spiritual psychology, it was very helpful because, um, it was a, it was a two year master's program and we, we met every, we met once, once a month for like an entire weekend. So, you know, like a Friday night, seven to 10 Saturdays, 10 to 10 Sunday, 10 to seven. And the whole time we were there, we would, you know, there would be some large group stuff. There was like about 250 people in each class. Um, and we, but a lot of the work that we did in, in that program was we would break up into groups of three. And so there would, you know, they would present like a, you know, a psychology philosophy or a brand of, you know, a, a, an arm of psychology or, you know, skills and tools and, and they would, we would break up into these groups of three and then one person would share and they would basically be like the client. And then another person would be listening and practicing the skill that we had just, um, we had just learned. And then, and the third person would, would, uh, just neutral. They were, they were the neutral observers. So they would just neutrally listen to both people and learn and how to hold space for both people. And they were not allowed to talk, not allowed to give advice. And at the end of it, they were not allowed to give feedback unless that was part of the exercise. So I think what I, I think I really learned a lot in that program being um, a neutral observer and just spending hours and hours and hours doing that and just watching people uh, work together. And then were the, when you were the you were practicing the skill, but you were, they always had that philosophy at that school that like everybody has the wisdom inside of them. Everybody has the resources and everybody has the answers. And a lot of times all you need to do is listen and prize people and love people and they will actually come to their own, their own answers. Um, and that that can be very empowering for people because then it's not like they're not being told they're discovering it and wake and awakening inside of themselves. So I think I learned a lot in that school to really trust that, that people have the answers and that when you can be, um, when you can empower people to come to those own answers through curiosity and through love and through, um, questions then then you don't have to take as much responsibility on and you don't have to um it's not as heavy there's not as much weight yeah. 
like you don't even have, you also don't have to take on their, their energy around it. Like you don't have to take on their sadness or their fear or their anger or their joy. Like you get to just let them be an entity discovering it with inside of themselves. Um, so I would say that was huge. And then the other thing I do, I, I mean, I definitely go through like a ritual before I start my day and after I end my day and then between clients, when I start with a new client and when I end with a client, when I start with somebody new, um, mm -hmm. that I, I find really helps. So, you know, just surrounding myself with light, calling in, you know, any, um, any ener loving, compassionate energies that are there to help guide the other person and help guide me, um, to allow me to just step into being a channel and a vessel instead yeah. of necessarily having like all that pressure. Um, and then mm. I would also say too, I think it's really helpful to, sometimes it's helpful to sage or to use Palo Santo or, um, you know, there's sweet grass or other things. Um, sometimes it can be helpful to use oils. I really enjoy um, washing my hands between clients because it's like I wash and I just cleanse like that energy off of me and, and then oh, have I love that fresh idea. new energy and neutral energy for the next, next person. Um, and then groups, you know, I really find it helpful to just surround myself and surround other, the other person or the group with light. And just really ask that, you know, each person just channel their divine intelligence and their divine wisdom. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really love what you're saying because I think there are a lot of younger coaches out there who a lot of our listeners are just stepping into the space. And I see them when I coach them and they feel like they need to have all the answers and they need to be the one that, you know, knows exactly what to teach and give and provide for their clients to get them results. But what you're saying is so, so fucking true. It's like you are just holding space and the wisdom comes through them, right? Like you don't always need to be that person that is teaching there with a, you know, a piece of chalk and a chalkboard. <laughs> like that's right. not really what, you know, there's a difference between teaching and I know group has a little bit of that element of teaching more, but I really love that you're saying that. And I love these rituals, like the washing your hands in between. I'm totally taking that because that's, it's beautiful. It is. And it's really simple too. It doesn't have to be, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be extreme. Yeah. It's simply just going, you know, going to the bathroom and washing your hands and then like washing, washing the energy off. <laughs> I'm yeah. so dirty. I got to wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like you would, so you, would do that, you would do that between, you know, shaking hands or, you know, whatever else. Yeah. So yeah, totally, totally exchanging energies. What do you do? What do no, you do? It's, it's so cool. What do you do? What did you say? Oh, so for me, um, I have like more of my rituals have been rooted often in like coming into my day and coming out of my day. So mm -hmm. I try to activate as many, um, as many of my senses as I can. Right. So like when I come into my day, I ding my sound bowl. I um, put on the diffuser so I can smell something. I turn on my salt lamp. So that's like the light. So I try to incorporate all of the elements. And then um, that's kind of just my way of like stepping into my work intention. And then sometimes I'll like pull a card if I'm feeling called. I really love Chris Ann's 
Oracle deck. She's um, she's been on our podcast before, and she really does a great job of this like entrepreneur sort of Oracle deck that I always love to pull and just ask universe like, what's the message I need to hear today? Yeah. Um, and then I jump right into it. Yeah, I, and I think it's cool like to come in by society standards a very hustled experience, right? You're working, right? What does that mean? I'm working, right? So trying to remove that hustle and step into it from a space of flow where I'm like here we go like this is calm and peaceful and serene and it doesn't have to be like this rushed energy feel it can be very grounding and calming so and then at the end of the day I shut all that stuff down and it's usually just my routine take a shower yeah which is kind of similar to the hand washing yep yeah so Gwen can you tell me about breath work because like I'm super just having talked to you and like your energy is so beautiful. Like I want to know more about how, how it works. Yeah. So you want to know like the actual logistics of like what you actually do? Yeah. I want to know everything. <laughs> I'm like excited. Like tell me all the things. <laughs> so, I was actually scared. I'm not even kidding. And you probably know this. Yes. With your psychic abilities. I'm so fucking scared to do it. I do. I do know that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time for it today. Like, let's just do a podcast. No, but really, crazy. Well, you know, and sometimes, sometimes that's why, um, like it, it might not happen right away too. Cause that, that yeah. um, but it's okay, you know, because I, I also do trust that everything happens in divine time. Um, yeah. so the breath work so to me, there's different types of, I mean, there, well, there are different types of breath work, not just to me, but, um, I usually like to put them into two main categories. I think there's breath work healing, and then I feel like there's breath work techniques. So to me, breath work techniques are things such as, um, you know, the alternate nostril breathing or, maybe kundalini breathing or um, yoga, pranayama breathing. Um, what are some other ones? So there's another one that's called like 6-2. There's another one that's called like box breathing. There, there's another one that's similar to coherent breathing that's called 4-7-8. Um, so there, there's all different types of breathing techniques and and I, I use a lot of those breathing techniques. I think they're, they're awesome for like on the spot, on the go, sitting in traffic between client, you know, if you have like one minute between clients, if you're feeling fee or, you know, drinking energy stuff. Um, if you're, if you want to go to sleep, you know, at night. So I feel like all those techniques are great for all those types of things, but, um, Breathwork healing, I would say, falls into like a different, the separate category. And there's different types of breathwork healing. I feel like there's there's one that's um, it's called rebirthing. It's really intense. Um, you you breathe for a long period of time, and you most most people can get to a space of alternate, you know, alternate consciousness where they experience their birth. So you experience your own birth into the world. Um, oh then, my God. Yeah, it's pretty intense. There's another type of breathing that's called holotropic. Um, and then this type of breathing that I do comes from a teacher by the name of David Elliott. There's no specific name for the breath work, but 
It's um, just called Breathwork, you know, David Elliott. And it's a three-part breath. And what I like about it is that it's, it's intense. Um, it's probably a little less, it's a little less intense than the holotropic or the rebirthing. Um, but it's, it's still really powerful and very profound. A lot more than, um, um, like a lot more profound than just the, I think those breathing techniques. Um, so it really depends on what you're looking for, but this type of breath work, it's um, you breathe this way for about 20, 25 minutes. You can go lower or you can go a little, little bit higher, but that's usually where it, it lands is around 20, 25 minutes. And then um, you meditate for about, you know, five to 10 minutes afterwards, defend, depending on how much active breathing you're doing. Um, there's usually music playing. Um, there's, you know, there's guidance. So I would be talking as you would be breathing, guiding you. So like what, what happens, like what happens during the process of the breath work? Like right. what can a client expect to time it's very hard to explain most people when they come out of them are like wow i i don't even know how to describe what just happened to me or what just happened inside of me but i would say a lot of people feel well um a lot of times what happens is people stop hearing me talk and they kind of go into their own you really bypass the mind and you just start to have um, a very embodied experience inside of yourself so people can wow. see they can see colors, they can see images, they can hear things, they can feel things. A lot of people get, um, you know, some people get hot, some people get cold, some people feel, um, they feel like a vibration and a, um, a tingling sensation, sometimes in their hands, their arms, their legs, their feet, their body, uh, like an awakening of their physical body and their mental and emotional spiritual bodies. They Sometimes people feel um, like really heavy and like weighted down to the ground. Sometimes like people can feel that way in meditation. Sometimes people feel like they're floating or they're flying or they're like expanded into um, beyond their body. And That's so cool. I would say, you know, some people feel like they receive downloads. Um, some people feel like they see the downloads come in, but they just don't know how to communicate it. Sometimes people. Um, sometimes people feel like they experience like past lives or if they believe in that, or they feel like they experience other dimensions, other realms. Um, I would say it's like, it's very, very different from individual to individual and also from session to session. So sometimes, you know, like I was right before we got on this call, I had a client and she, you know, she had a very different experience this time and she's probably done it about five times. Um, but she was very hot, very cold, um, very tearful. There was a lot of energy. Wow. People have to move energy through their voice. So I might encourage them to like say something or to, to yell or to moan or to just let movement come out of that that chakra because a lot of times we hold things in and it's it needs to come out um so mm. it's a it's a three-part breath you do it in your 
you do an inhale in your belly, inhale in your chest, and then an exhale. And you just do that um, over and over and over again for about, you know, whatever, 20 to 25 minutes. And it's, it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. <laughs> people kind of so come out of excited. it. And like, most people, when they come out of it for the first time, they're like, what? Oh my God. What the, what was that? What just happened? <laughs> you know, there was one, there was one woman recently, she came to one of my co-ed classes and she, this happens a lot too, where people will say, you know, I almost, I opened my eyes to see if you were there because I felt you holding my feet or this one woman in particular, she was like, I felt you, I thought you were massaging my head. And she's like, and, oh and, and it was, it was awesome for her because in, you know, I usually have people set an intention before we breathe, just so there's a direction and focus, not saying that that's what's, what will be revealed to you or healed, but cause sometimes there's other things that come in or there's more, or there's, there's something different. Um, but she was saying that she spends so much time stuck in her head and thinking and analyzing and processing and and figuring things out. And she was just like, I can't take it anymore. Like I, I just want to like clear my head. And during the breath work, she's, you know, a lot of times people will, it's just natural, you know, you'll resist it or you'll be afraid or you'll be skeptical or, you know, in the beginning, but then you kind of, if you just keep doing the breathing, you break through. Um, and she said, that's when she started to feel somebody massaging her head. She like opened up her eyes to see if I was there. And she's like, oh you were, my God. like, you were like on the other side of the room. She's like, so I just closed my eyes and surrendered into it. And it just felt like somebody was like taking me like out of my head, you know? And, and oh my I, God, I just got goosebumps all over my body. That is crazy. I mean, there's like, there are so many wild stories, you know, that I, I have experienced as a, you know, a guide and also that I have experienced in my own breath work. And I know a lot of my fellow, you know, guides have the same experience and, um, yeah, it is, it is really, it is really profound. It is unlike anything that I have ever done before. And trust me, I've done a lot. Like I am a woo woo, spiritual, self-help, like junkie. <laughs> like I, like <laughs> open, I am open to trying almost anything and everything. I, you know, I haven't done, I've done ayahuasca, but I have not done like a lot of the other plant medicine shamanic plant medicine oh my but, god I, I have a friend who texted me the other day she's like I'm doing the frog poisoning I'm like oh my god yeah, what cambo yes I'm like let me do like I haven't even dipped into ayahuasca yet that's something I really, really want to try and I'm supposed to go to Peru in March but hmm. there's just so much going on in my schedule and I'm like I really want to do it and it's hard to find something in my area so I don't know that's, that's another to totally different story but <laughs> yes. um and I mean, some, you know, some people in sobriety say, you know, I mean, it's different. It's so different. Well, okay. Like yes. there's, if there's a shaman, like <laughs> it is, I will tell you, I mean, most people who have, you know, experienced ayahuasca will say it's not, you're not like, it's not all fun and games. <laughs> it's definitely, I it's know. definitely healing, but I would say even, you know, that the breath work for me personally has been 
way like beyond profound beyond um yeah so you're on you're on it's 25 minutes like or 35 minutes including the the meditation it's it's extremely Mm. efficient effective and i you know i think one of the other things that i love about the breath work is that i feel like so many people are energetically so amped just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And it's, it's, it's intense. And I think a lot of people are vibrating on this very intense energy. And I feel like meditation and yoga, all those things are really, really wonderful. But if you are extremely amped, my philosophy is that you're going to want to have something as amped to meet you where you are in order to help bring you down. Like it's really hard Mm -hmm. to be at a level 10 and you're trying to meditate and that's more of like a level like five. It's going to take a lot of meditation to like meet you at that 10. Whereas I feel like the breath work meets people at the intensity of where they are and it like helps them come down. Um, So they're met at the energy of where they are. It's kind of like, you know, you know, like, let's say a coach, it's like a coach has to kind of come and meet somebody where they are in order if they want to be at a, at a different level. Um, whether it's like they're looking to like calm down or whether they're looking to like be amped up. Um, yeah. So I don't, I mean, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, tell me, like, this is just a thought. Yeah. I have an idea. So like, what if, what if we ended this podcast and then did a breathwork exercise, not today because I'm at my parents, but like actually did this because now I really want to fucking do this. And then I can do like a part two podcast with just me documenting and sharing what it was like and what the experience was. I think that would be so cool. What do you think of that? I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea because there's, for me, like I think, I had so much resistance around it like I was scared I'm like I don't fucking know what's gonna happen and like am I gonna be like having orgasm like noises coming out when I'm doing like this deep breathing noise because yeah you might you might (laughs) you know there was there was one to my uh, my women's moon breathwork circles and like for three months she was coming twice a month that she was like in the corner having having like orgasm you know, I know. And then there were, you know, I would say a majority of people, you know, are not there. Usually, um, more majority of people are like still clearing stuff, like letting stuff out of their, you know, their, their pain body and their, their, yeah. their body. Um, but yeah, she was over there having like full on <laughs> beautiful experiences. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. You go, girl. Like, you go. Yeah, so I was like, I just don't know if that's, like, what this is about, but I'm, like, really kind of nervous. So now that we know that, let's let's do a step from part two. I'll record one all about my experiences for everybody on the show so that they can learn more. And then um, I'd love just, as we sign off, I'd love to know more, Gwen, about the tour that you're on so that our listeners if they're in any area close to you, like where can they find out if they want to participate in some of these things? So last week I was on the tour in um, DC, Philly, and New York. I'm back in LA now. I'm going to, I'm not sure when I'm going to be back in, in the East coast. 
Um, I will be back. I'm just not sure when. It, more likely it'll be in 2019. But if um, I am going to be doing some virtual classes because there was there were a lot of people in those cities that wanted to do it again and wanted to do it with the same people. So I'm going to do one um, for D.C., one for Philadelphia, and one for New York. Um, and if there's anybody that wants to do it and they're somewhere else in the in the world or in the United States, I do virtual sessions. Um, and it's just yeah. it really is just as powerful virtually because that's the one thing I love about it is that yes, I'm a guide. Yes, I'm holding the space. Yes, I create the space. I, you know, and I'm doing, you know, energetic work while you're breathing. But for the most part, it's, it's you and your breath and your breath becomes your healer. It becomes your guru. It becomes your guide. And it, it, your breath really does know where to go and it knows how to support you in your healing and your, your revelation. So it's, it's extremely powerful, even if it's virtual. Well, love it. Love it so much. Okay. So everyone will have to stay tuned and listen to the very next episode of the show. Gwen, we'll put all of your details in the comments. And thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. I'm so glad we got to connect. And I'm excited for you. You guys, wasn't today amazing? Gwen is absolutely incredible. I'm so grateful to have shared this episode with you. And I really want to take a minute to remind you that that leaving a review on the Badass Business Podcast and going onto iTunes and taking two seconds to leave a five-star review just allows us to get seen by more people and it allows us to bring on more incredible guests like Gwen. So if you really liked this episode, if you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Coach Carby left one. She said, I spent so long stuck in my business. Every business coach I worked with wasn't helping until I found Lauren. She's truly transformed my business, and I absolutely love listening to her podcast. Heather, thank you so much for sharing this. Coach Carby, I adore you. This is incredible, and I just am so happy to know that the information we're putting out there is helping you guys get your business to the next level. I'm going to be leaving some little shares of reviews on these episodes. So come put yours in. Leave a five-star review so I can see your thoughts and let us know what you want more of in the show. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.